Hey, you, with the toaster in the bathtub, get that out of there. It's time to play With Regrets, the weekly events-based podcast about things about events that are based in events. We'll see you there. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of With Regrets. Regrets always plural because why, Stephanie? We all have a few. Yes, we all have a few regrets, and we're here to break some of those down with some of our friends and family in the industry. We are excited for a wonderful episode this week with myself, Thomas Whalen, and Stephanie Jaco, C-S-E-P-H-B-I-C, and our new friend, Corey. Um, just a reminder, if you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram at with regrets, plural, email us at with regrets podcast at gmail.com and check us out on the internet that Al Gore invented www.withregrets.net. And, uh, Stephanie, why don't you tell us what's going on for today? Awesome. Thanks, Thomas. I'm excited for another awesome week of regretful conversation uh, with you as always. Um, I'm super excited for today because we have a guest. Huzzah! And this guest is one of my wonderful, wonderful friends, Corey Troyer. I have had uh, the pleasure of getting to work with Corey on several occasions uh, for a bunch of different events uh, throughout the years and in, in my career. Um, I have a little bit about Corey that I want to I want to talk about and give him his absolute shining moment in the sun before we bring him on to talk Ooh. about all of the cool stuff. But um, Corey has a little bit of a bio that I'm going to read here, uh, and we'll just just talk about how awesome Corey is because I know that you guys are going to love him as much as I do. So Corey started in the industry back in the 90s doing experiential marketing tours for a major beer company supporting their country music artist sponsorships. Uh, then he moved into what he calls corporate rock and roll, producing shows with top artists such as the Foo Fighters, Smashing Pumpkins, and Metallica. Yes. When he started freelancing, he found a small niche in special event permitting and pop-up retail, and this little bit of a sidestep gave him the opportunity to work with a whole new set of brands and really hone in on his project management skills. After that, show production called him backstage again, and he started doing producing of corporate theater. Uh, his skill sets range from talent buyer to technical director to executive producer, and he is absolutely his happiest backstage left on calm with a run of show in his hand, sipping stale catering coffee, no offense, Thomas, and running the show. He's done shows all over North America, Europe, and Asia, and has been absolutely blessed to work with a phenomenal group of people and having different experiences and things that most people can only dream about. And this is my absolute dear friend, Corey Troyer. Welcome to the show, Corey. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey. Hey, it's great being here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, welcome to our our little uh, our little project here, as we like to call it. Um, I'm so glad to have you on today and get to learn a little bit more about you and all of the things that make you awesome. And uh, I certainly have known you a little bit longer than Thomas has, and uh, but I'm sure there are more stories that you have yet to share with me. So I'm stoked to uh, hear some of them. 
Yeah, well, we we talked about a couple of them earlier, and it's it's we always did. what's funny is you get show people together, and like we talked about, while they're waiting for the rig to go up, they just sort of coalesce into the middle of the arena, of the ballroom, and everyone's got a story. And you know, I was there when this happened, and da 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 da. I put eighty points in the Vegas, you know, and yeah, so it it gets kind of silly. And I think this is a natural thing you guys are doing, which I think is great, you know, because it's it's what we do. If we're not working, we're telling stories. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I love, I love that we're uh, back telling stories with each other. So, um, Thomas, do you have anything right off the bat for Mr. Corey before we get into some uh, of the fun, crazy yeah, stories? I mean, I, anyone who listens, to, I think here's your bio is going to step back for a second and go, wait a minute, Foo Fighters, Metallica, what was that like? When was that? Because I've been to these concerts and shows, and I can imagine, I remember what I was like in the pit. What was it like backstage? What what were you doing? Uh, What's the hot goss on that situation? Well, it was actually a really cool concept. Um, It was called Blind Date. So it was big big band, small club. Yeah, Big beer. So what it was is we would put like Metallica was a house of blues on sunset. So no one could know who the band was. So we had code words throughout the office saying we come Give up with a code. code. You know, I can't even remember now, but we had, um, you know, uh, we called Metallica. I forget, like something like Bill's Polka Band or something like that. So we had these code names for every mm-hmm. band. And especially when the talent buyers were, were negotiating. Um, you know, they would use names like that. And, and all the bands have like, they're, they have corporations, right? So it doesn't say, um, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, LLC. It's usually like something like Sneaky Pants, LLC, you know? So we would sometimes use a corporate thing. So what it was is we couldn't let anyone know who the band was. So while they were loading in, remember when we actually was the Metallica show, the truck driver showed up with an 18-wheeler, 53-footer to, to load in at the House of Blues on Sunset. And it was a street load and a long push-up hill. So we were putting gaff tape over the back of his 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 backs in Metallica. And every road case, we had someone standing on the deck inside gaffing all the stuff so it didn't say Metallica when it was rolling oh out. God. So, yeah. So that's what that I mean, it was a lot of fun. I was, um, I was production manager on those shows. Um, and it was just a blast, you know, you forward the show, you get to talk to, you know, really, really cool people, but it was corporate rock and roll. It was, uh, um, you know, we did, uh, it was funny cause we did, uh, third eye blind and, uh, and they, and on their rider, it said, we want Guinness, we want Budweiser, we want all these different beers. And I said, well, it, you know, this brand doesn't do that. So we're giving you this. So the tour manager shows up. And in the, in the production office, there's a big pile of the beer. And he goes, where's my beer? I'm like, mm, this is it. And so he sent, he, we got in a little argument about it. So he sent the runner out to get it. And then on stage, I'm standing on stage going, nope, nope, nope. I'm grabbing beer from the guys in the band and pouring them in cups for them as they're walking out. Product placement's not allowed. It was like, and they looked at me like I was the biggest dickhead on the planet. I'm like, look, we're paying you like well into the six figures. Suck it up. Yeah. Read the totally. yeah. Read, <laughs> read, the read the contract. Yeah. So yeah, that's a Miller Light on that check, buddy. Yeah. 
that's, <laughs> that's why, you know, yeah. So that's what I meant by corporate rock and roll and, and a couple other, that. couple other shows like that for uh, Nokia back in the day. That was fun. But right yeah, on. so we did a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Right on. I Very love cool. writers. Isn't Thomas, writers, wants to, like, Thomas, Thomas wants to, Thomas wants to basically like just favorite. write writers forever. Well, yeah. Thomas, have, have you ever looked at it? Have you ever looked at a writer? Like, like people not in the industry will look at a writer and go, do they really have to have Evian and Diet Coke? I mean, yeah. what's a big deal? And I always say, look, that's the only continuity they have in their life right now because they're on tour. So that's their home. So if I went into your house, switched all your Diet Pepsi for Diet Coke, you'd be pissed, right? Well, yeah. And I'm oh, like, yeah. there you go. There for you sure. go. I, so what's, I just love how particular people are. Like, um, I had one for, um, you know, someone might call them the queen of disco. You might call her that. Someone has called her that probably. And it was a specific style of coffee cup. It was a double paned clear coffee cup. And she asked for a certain amount of them. We got them, of course. And then during the show, she liked the coffee mug so much. She asked that one get placed in any area she would be in. So we had to run and find them. Like, it was like, I was excited by it. But yeah, I love writers. I love when you nail it, when they just don't say anything. You're like, yes, I did find that one organic, gluten-free, non-soy, like, sauce that only is made in Australia. (laughs) And I do have it for you. I I did that with Chuck Berry. Chuck, I did a show with Chuck Berry. You know, Chuck Berry's famous thing is having the basement amp head. And there's only like three in the country. And I found one in Indianapolis and I called and he, and I said, yeah, I need this shipped up here. He goes, oh, you're doing Chuck Berry, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So what he was doing is, is if you didn't have it, he puts it in, in his contract. If you don't have that exact amp, you have to pay him $2,000 cash on the stage. He came walking on the deck <laughs> <laughs> he looked over and he saw that amp and he looked pissed. He was like, God, I'm like, yes, I got it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I love these stories. Some of these have been some really good stories, um, but we want to know some of like the highs and the lows that you've been through. So give me like, what's the one thing that sticks in your brain as like the pinnacle moment so far? Um, man, you know, like we do a lot of shows, so they're all great. But I think the the most impressive one, I think, was we did um, the Prime Minister of India at Madison Square Garden. There was an EDM show in the night before, and oh, we got God. the we got yeah we got the room at four a.m. and we had doors at eleven thirty a.m. so we could hit oh. prime time in India. I've never seen so many local one guys in your life. It was like ants. And then yeah. we, we couldn't do, we didn't have time to do an end zone. Mm. So we had to do it in the round and in their culture, you can't have your back to anyone. So yeah. we did a turntable. Oh, so we put, put the lectern on a turntable and he just spun around. And if you ever see pictures of it, the best part is my, my buddy, Andy, he's, he's just, he's one of these people who are smarter than he's too smart for his own good sometimes. <laughs> So if you look at the the lectern, the two SM57s, one one is up and one is down. He walked, For those of you who don't know, that's a microphone. Yeah. So he walked on stage. I was right, googling it. <laughs> right, right before 
the show started, he went up there and did that. And I'm like, because he was stage managed. He was stage managed, right? Stage right. And I was stage left. And um, that's every that's every tech person's worst nightmare is when the speaker gets up to the lectern and touches the mic after it's been EQ'd. It's like, oh, well, he, he did it. He did. It. And I, I'm like, what the hell? And he goes, well, I just looked at it and I thought, well, if someone's short goes down here and if someone's tall, the mic's up here. I go, that's not how it works, man. So if you ever see pictures of Prime Minister Modi you're going to see the mics crank like that. And that's oh, what happened. Man. So now I see pictures and I'm like, Oh God. And it's like New York times. He's standing there at that lecture. <laughs> and it's so much with up. the mics separated. like but, that. Yeah. Oh, it would have looked a lot worse if he had leaned in to talk at it. Oh my God. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah. That so true. I, I think that was great. I mean, we pulled it off. I think there was like a hundred local one guys there. I mean, it was just insane. That's nuts. Like the whole of Manhattan was like in, in Madison yeah. Square Garden. That night. Yeah. That's crazy. And we did it. We got it done and it was, it was nuts, but that's um, crazy. yeah. So that that's probably awesome. one of the best ones. What about, what about the, the work side? Yeah. yeah what happens? Work. Like yeah. the one moment that you could, you could never think about again and be okay. <laughs> um, show wise. I mean, there's other things like, I mean, eh, you know, I lost someone on a show once, you know, when, you know, and that, 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 that'll mess you up. Um, but, you know, uh, with, with like on show, show, like disasters, I think um, personal conundrums. How so? You mean like, I'm uh, like a low for me probably didn't affect anyone else besides me. You know what I mean? Like I beat uh, myself up for it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I and, and Steph, we were talking about this earlier about we. I did this show, and I don't know what it was, and the crew, the crew were all good. I mean, they were class a top-notch people everybody sitting butts and seats were phenomenal but my colleague my co-worker had a chaotic energy and you know <laughs> they 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 did screw up you know the production team did screw up um and we had we had uh failures equipment failures and everything else but i you know my my colleague we were giving them content like right before I'm like, you can't do that to these guys. You know, here's a, here's a zip. Here's a thumb drive here. P- put this on. What's that? Oh, that's the video you're going to play. I mean, and I had people I work with go, so where are my notes? I'm like, what do you mean your notes? I just texted it to you. I'm like, I'm running a show. I'm not checking my phone guys. So I think the worst thing was, is um, it, <laughs> the, the, the show caller, she was kind of chaotic. It was like one of these things where, you're on comm and you're like, what are you doing? It's like, okay, go preset six. No, preset four. You know, and then it was like, go roll video one. No, video five. You know, it was like a lot of that going on. Um, and that wasn't necessarily her fault entirely because our pre-production meeting turned into kind of a hot mess. Um, but they they rolled it. So she goes, okay, roll video two. Rolls video two. My colleague is screaming on calm going, that's the wrong video. It's the wrong video. And guess what they did? <laughs> they stopped the video and went black. Ooh. Went black except for downstage lights lighting up the two people who introed the video. And they just stood there looking 
stupid in front of 5,000 people. And then I wish I was there. I wish I was there. I wish I was there. Nothing makes my blood happy like watching people flounder. And I'm on time. I'm like, go, 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 go. And they're like, what? And then, and then after that, okay, so we, and, and then we rehearsed all the blocking on stage because there was an award ceremony and uh, God, and it all went well. And then all of a sudden on stage, they were supposed to go over with all these special little pins and walk up to the owners of the company. So they, and the, they weren't there. I'm like, get the pins, get the pins, get the goddamn pins. <laughs> oh my God. And they didn't, it was just like, it was one of those shows and I was telling stuff this earlier i left that show i didn't stick around because usually you stick around for as a producer i don't have to do the whole loadout thing right but i stuck i would stick around and go have a beer with people or hang out i just stormed out of there got my car because it was a local show i went home and the next day i had to fly to china and i'm like great a 16-hour flight with these people (laughs) i'm gonna kill somebody (laughs) it was so it was such a train wreck. It's Ugh. it's the law of it's <laughs> it's the law of attraction though. Like everything that can mm-hmm. go wrong will go wrong in the same show. Right. And when you get when you get, you know, certain about a negative people around and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and I forgot to say, you know, when the video crashed, uh, we said, Okay, roll video three, roll video three, and they went, nothing happened, and then he said, Meteor server just crashed. I'm so like, you could recover if you wanted to. It was, no, oh, it was, God. You know, Martine was on stage for that. Our friend Martine. Oh, yeah. man. Wait, Martine, I can imagine being uh, not happy about no, any of that. No, she came off and she was just, and, you know, I think that's the worst part is she. she's my colleague. She was my colleague. She was my good friend. And for her to look at me like, what the hell was that? Yeah. And just, and, you know, and that, that stings. I mean. When the you disappoint, disappointment, yeah, right, right. But it, yeah, you know, e- even though it wasn't me, it was on my watch, and yeah. it was just like anybody see scanners. It's just like it's just <laughs> it's just falling yeah. apart. But yeah, for sure. That was it. Well, and another day has passed. I hate to do this, but you know what we need? What do we some need? ad revenue? Oh, some we should do revenue. that, huh? So. Uh, w- Come back in a few moments after this commercial break. In the new world of virtual and hybrid events, it's hard to know what's what when it comes to event production and planning. What's a live stream? Do I need a platform? Um, Jackie, I think you're muted. Well, have no fear. Knockout's here. Knockout Production has all of your event production planning, logistics, and management problems covered. So you can focus on the content and not what Cheryl's saying in the background. Welcome back to With Regrets, a podcast. We, it is me, Thomas, and Stephanie talking to our new best friend, Corey. And we've got some new fun stuff to talking about. Uh, Stephanie, why don't you tell us what we're going to talk about next? It's my favorite time of the episode. That's right. It's two truths and a lie. Uh, Corey, I'm going to have you start us off with this mm-hmm. game. Um, okay. We're going to have you give us two truths and one lie from your career. Try to stump us. And Thomas and I are going to try to figure out which one is the lie. Now, knowing all of the crazy things that you have done in your career, you have a lot to play with. So don't go easy on us. Okay. 
So, um, I guess I had to, I did just my show schedule because the band was disrupting an alligator wrestler. Okay. Um, I did a show in the Arctic circle. Um, and I helped Dave Grohl get a rental car in Dublin, Ireland. I'm going to let Thomas guess first. (laughs) I think the Arctic Circle one is the realest. I, I, because like the locations, um, the locations that we work in are wild and crazy. And like, it's easy to put the trick question with the locations. Also, I don't know where that is on a map. <laughs> uh, that could be or Brazil, and I feel like people gather there. You had to help Dave Grohl get a rental car. I feel like this is a trick, and, and you're going to be like, it was actually a private jet. However, it could have <laughs> been while they were early in their career. And if it was like while he was a drummer for Nirvana then I don't think he would have known how to use a public transit pass. So that could be real. And then the first one I forgot about because I talked about the other ones for too long. So I'm going to go with that one. Here's, Here's my take on the first one, which is adjusting your agenda production schedule because you were interrupting a an alligator wrestler. Now here's why I feel like this is just crazy enough to actually be true because I know that Corey used to live in Orlando and I know that he did a lot of work down that way. And there's some weird stuff that happens in that part of the world. And I would not put it past some crazy people to like out in the Everglades, just decide that they're going to bring the alligator wrestler like next door to some stage or something. I don't know. Like that, I want to say that's the, that's the lie. Cause it's, it's just kind of slightly too far-fetched, but it's also just far-fetched enough to be real. Like now I'm thinking of myself, maybe that one is the real one. I don't know. I know. And I'm like stumped. This is a good one. All right. So what is it? Cause Mm -hmm. Steffi and I are right about what's real. Yeah. Okay, um, the one you want to know which one's not real? Yeah, uh, the Arctic Circle one. My so you, the, no, I so didn't you do that. Me, Corey. Well, <laughs> the, the, the agency I used to work for actually did that show on a Russian icebreaker with Metallica. I wasn't on that show. I was at Chicago Jazz Fest, and I was so pissed. I'm like, everyone's going to the Arctic, and they're like, No, you're you're at Jazz Fest. I'm like, I was waiting for you to be like, yeah, we were at like the very tip top of Alaska for something, for some reason or whatever, or like Iceland. We went to Iceland. I'm like, I don't know, man. You've done some cool stuff. Is is Iceland in the Arctic Circle? No, Greenland is though. It was actually Canada and they, they got a, they got a Russian icebreaker to come over and they put the band, it it was in Tuck the Yuck Tuck. Oh, all right. You can't swear on this podcast. Bless you. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. I wasn't part of it. I wish I would have, but yeah, everybody was there, so it was phenomenal. It was really cool. Okay, yeah, so casual Metallica on an iceberg. Uh, you know what else? Uh, okay, so now tell us then about this alligator wrestler because now I'm oh, interested. So it was um, 
it was we, I was at the Florida State Fair um, back back in the nineties. Um, that explains a lot, right? So we were doing. <laughs> We were doing, uh, it was actually tobacco sponsorship, which is really kind of funny. Um, and we had a stage there. Mm. And right across from us was this guy, Alligator Wrestling. So I did like everybody else. <laughs> I, I did my production schedule, right? You know? And, uh, and, and here's, you know, we had our showtimes posted. And then the guy just came over to me and he's like, uh, yeah, you're kind of pissing off this alligator and making it tough for me to wrestle. <laughs> So he was, it was really super cool. And I said, all right, when, when is your, when is your showtime? And his, his showtime was like, you know, 10, 15 minutes at a pop. So I worked around his schedule, but it was really funny. Cause I could see him. I could look over from the stage and he, he'd just look at us. Cause the drummer would just hit like a crash and the alligator would just snap and jump. It was awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. So you were pissing off the alligator. Right. And he was going to like eat the guy who was trying to wrestle him because your, your drums were pissing him off. Yeah. It was hilarious. Awesome. I hate, I hate when drum rolls interrupt me while wrestling. (laughs) While you're trying to wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) That's my top three things that piss me off. Your your alligator (laughs) wrestling interruptions. Uh, And so. I love. (laughs) So, yeah. So tell us about Dave Grohl then. Oh, this was funny. We did um, we did the millennial uh, the millennium concert we did with the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, no. okay, never mind. Oh, it was it was a smash. It was a Smashing Pumpkins in (laughs) a different millennial. (laughs) millennial. No, it was a pumpkins in in uh, Dublin. And at the time, Dave Grohl was dating Melissa Oftenhauer, the the, um, bass player. Um, and so they came off the plane and we were like herding cats as, as the talent got off the plane, we wrangle them up and cause it was, again, it was a secret show. No one was supposed to know who it was. So we were getting them through customs and all that stuff. And, uh, and all of a sudden I just see this dude with this big old fur babushka on his head, just walking away, walking around. And I'm and someone goes, Holy shit. Is that Dave Grohl? I'm like, Oh crap. He went with it. And I, and I go, Oh, we got a bogey. So I went over by him and he was at the Avis counter and I saw him arguing and I'm like, Oh, Hey, I'm with uh, this company. Can I help you, man? I mean, you look like you're having a struggle. And he looks at me and he goes, she won't rent me a car, man. And I'm like, why won't you rent him a car? And he's like, I got credit cards. And he's doing the Grohl thing. Like I got credit cards. He just pulls a bunch of them out. And, uh, and she goes, uh, 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 he's, he's a rocks. He's a superstar. I, I can't do this. And it was this, just brilliant young lady and she was really young and new and she was just gobsmacked by it. Like she could, she wouldn't rent it to him cause she didn't know what to do. So I said, Hey, can you get his, can you get the manager? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll go get him. Manager comes out. I'm like, are you cool with this? He's like, yeah, sure. So Dave's like, Hey, thanks man. I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. And I walk away. He ended up renting like a bright red Mercedes SL 55 AMG. <laughs> Oh my god! And he lit it up in front of the hotel, and we're like, "No one's supposed to know we're here." <laughs> Way to be discreet. I mean, he drove from the airport to the hotel and just lit it up right in the hotel I, parking you know, lot. I think my favorite part of this is the poor child who was just so starstruck that she couldn't do her job. Yeah, that was funny. I mean, I felt bad for her. I'm like, "Look, go get your manager." It's okay. He's like, look at, look at, I got one of these cards. You know, it was like one of those super high octane American Express that, you know, oh, you'll never see that you can yeah. buy a plane with. 
and and he's like, "Come on, holographic." Oh, it was so fun, and he was he was a total cool guy about it. He was yeah. so cool about it. Yeah. In my head, I wished that the like the clerk at the rental car was just like, "I'm going on my break, man. Like you can wait 15 <laughs> minutes, or you'll have to get back in line." Yeah, but she she was that poor girl. She was, you know, she's like that timid Irish, oh, I don't know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that story. So see, I told you that was real. Oh, I, you were right. And I mean, I didn't doubt that one for a minute. I was sort of between Arctic Circle and the alligator. So I'm 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 a fan of these stories. I love it. Um, so Corey, we've got another fun little quick game here that mm-hmm. is for you because I know you're going to be good at it, but also for Thomas because I know he won't be. So uh, we're calling it, this. Your father? That's our that's our recording of Maury later. Stop it. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Here's the game. The game is called Alphabet Soup. I am Mm -hmm. going to give an acronym, and I'm going to let Corey and Thomas each in turn tell me what it means. Okay. Can we swear? (laughs) Hey, whatever you like. (laughs) I think think the concept is that you're going to know what these mean. Okay. And I'm not going to know what these mean. So we're gonna we're gonna let Thomas I can guess see through first. This happening yes. okay. We're gonna let Thomas guess first because it's gonna be funny as hell. And then we're gonna let Corey tell us what it actually is. And oh, and hopefully man. he knows. I hope I know. <laughs> okay. We're gonna start with an easy one. Mm. Um all right, Thomas, in in the world of events and production. There is an acronym called DMX. What does it stand for? Like what you really want. Like the song, the DMX song, like a Rough Rider. Like DMX, what you really want. Or um, Dem, my riggers. Like those people are my riggers for the show. Um, or... Duplicate male response, which is when the same. Ne- um, never mind. I want to explain that one. Um, uh, double, double my rimming. Which is where are you getting else. the R? It's DMX, dude. Oh, X. Sorry. <laughs> well, you didn't you're adding me. letters. Um, <laughs> that's my xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop you right there. Oh, uh, that's my oddly thing. enough. No, that's incorrect. Corey, yeah. can you tell us what DMX stands for? You know what? I don't know what it stands for, but I know what it does. I know what a DMX. I know what DMX is for and what it does. Well, tell I just, me what it's I, for. If you don't know what it stands for, you can't afford it. It's it's <laughs> it's basically a data cable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's that, a digital multiplex. It's a standard digital communication yeah. protocol. And uh, there is a, it's a connector. Uh, so yes. And it's, I, I didn't know that. So cause I, I, it's always like, Hey, I need a 30 foot DMX. Can you go grab one? I never, it, you know, you just never really think about it. Cause DMX no. is the standard vernacular. Yeah, right. for sure. I think the okay. last con my sister went to was actually DMX and it was good. She said he sounds just the same. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's, 
Let's do another one. Um, what does XLR stand for, Thomas? Extra large receptacle. Wink. Okay. You know, I when I took this job, I knew it was going to be crazy. And now the, the regrets portion is coming, coming Wait, in here. This is all right. Xylophone. Wait, no. What starts with the next? Xylophone. Recording. What's the next one? XLR. Okay. Xylophone loves recording. Boop. I'm proud of you, but crazily enough, no, incorrect. That's weird. Corey. Again, you picked another one. It's a three-pronged mic cable. I don't know what XLR stands for. It is a three-pronged mic cable. (laughs) it It stands for external line return. I know a couple of three-pronged mic. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I, Corey, it's so funny because when I'm looking up these, I'm I'm finding things that oh. I know are are things that we talk about in production all the time, and and I know you know what it is. It's but I was I was having to look some of these up too. I know. So, so it's like if you say, "Give me a Kleenex," and someone says, "Well, what is that?" Oh, it's tissue well, paper, but it's a Kleenex. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Let's do something a little different. Uh, mm-hmm. Thomas, what yes. does RFID stand for? Um, I think I know this. The second word is fiber. Um, I do not know. Retrospect, um, retrospective fiber identification uh, demi quarter. That's Nailed a lot it. of big words that you wow. just totally mm. pulled out of nowhere. Good job, but no. Uh, no. Corey, it's, do uh, you know what RFID is? Yeah, it's radio frequency ID, right? Yeah, and so uh, explain to us, Corey, what RFIDs are used for. Well, a lot of them, um, some of them are actually in your wallet. You know, it's uh, it, it can track. Um, it used to be all the rage about what 15 years ago, where you do RFID scavenger hunts. So it can basically track you. So you're you're pinging out, and there's a receiver. You're you're a uh, broadcaster, and there's a receiver out. And as you ping, it'll pick up on that radio frequency. Yeah. So. And have you ever had have you ever had a show where you had to manage RFID scans? Oh God. Um, no, well, yes and no. Yes, I have, but I was smart enough to hire some really awesome people to handle it. Oh, that's good. Cause I've, I've been asked if I would do it and said no, because that's a whole different story. Like that's a whole different ball game. I can't even imagine what trying to figure those, those routes are. Yeah. And that's why the A2 is sometimes harder than the A1 because yeah. those guys are out there. They're freak testing. They're they're trying to get everything. They're not only dealing with uh, all the mi- wireless on stage. They're also dealing with all the comms and all that stuff. And that's that's a bear. And then the RFID stuff. Forget about it. Yeah, it's so I, I'm not sure. Was I wrong? Um, I I know this comes as a shock to you, <clears throat> but uh, yes. All right, couple more. All right, Thomas. Yeah. What does RTMP stand for? <laughs> return to me padre which is when you need something to go back to your office 
your dad's <laughs> business though. So dad's business and he's on vacation. So you're running the site and you need the equipment to go back to where that um, return to me, Padre, final answer. Um, I think you need to, to write that one down because someone will want to hear that again somewhere, but no, incorrect. Corey. <laughs> I, I have no, I know it, it's internet something. and I, I have no idea. I know uh, I've seen it. I haven't touched it. Yeah. It's, it's something that in, it's becoming more and more prevalent mm-hmm. because of the switch to virtual, uh, virtual events. RTMP is real time messaging protocol and is essentially lies. Uh, it's lies. Uh, it's basically how one thing feeds into another. It's taking the data from from one of uh, a feed into uh, another uh, space. So basically, in the back end of of any of these things, we could take this feed that we have right now and take the RTMP of it and put it in YouTube or Facebook or any of those things. And okay, and so I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn around on you. When you need to send a load in box back to your office that your father runs, what is the abbreviation then? RTA or RTS, I guess, return to sender. All right. Well, okay. Don't you have all the answers? Yeah. I, well, I'm the one who has the list. So, yes. All right. One I more. As well, and I check it twice. There you go. A third time if you have to, I'm sure. I'm gonna get All right, one more, and and I'm I'm going to give this one away a little bit differently. All right, everybody knows what this is, but nobody knows what it stands for. Oh my god, Thomas, what does the acronym LASER stand for? Oh, I know oh, this. I know. Um, <laughs> lights and sound enter the room. <laughs> you know you're I, not you're not super far off but not that was quite there answer. either that was a correct answer Corey let the woman oh, it's 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 light amplification oh gosh and I just lose it right there yeah what is it what Found is it her room it's, it's light amplification by the stimulated emission of radiation. It's big I've heard fancy science words. <laughs> and I don't think anybody realized, well, not anybody. I think that there was on pay-per-view. There were, <laughs> there were a couple. But yeah, so many people don't realize that laser is actually an acronym and not a, an actual word. So and that's um, why it and ac- capitalized. It's true. It does have to always be capitalized. And now that I'm saying that, I have one more that I actually think that um, Thomas might actually know this one. Sweet. Thomas, what does the acronym SMURF stand for? Social, military, educational, education, sorry, recreational, fraternal, religious, not recreational. It's real. It's That's, religious, not recreational. You got one right. That's so exciting. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, well, would you have? Would you have caught any of that? No, Smurf. <laughs> I was thinking the little blue Belgian things. <laughs> well, I usually think of small blue. Belgian Little men blue. all the time, but that's a different type of Smurf for a different type of call-in show, Corey. <laughs> Stop bringing us to the gutter. We're not going to stay down there uh, with you. Just when you this go right to the bottom. 
<laughs> uh, so that just goes to show us that, you know, there's the alphabet soup of things that we talk about every day. We don't necessarily know uh, what the letters all stand for. We know what they're used for, but we don't necessarily know what the words are that are behind the acronyms. So fun, fun little game there. Thanks. For, thank you both for playing. Valiant effort. Round of applause. Thank you very much. I won. Uh, thank you. It is so nice to hear that I did win. I won that. That was me. I won. Be- only because I don't want to deal with what I would have to listen to later. Because yes, I won. Thomas, you won. Because I won. <laughs> I am a winner. Number one. Uh, yeah. And you know what I think, Thomas? You know what I what time it is? Uh, I think it's ad time. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pay the bills. Awesome. Let's pay the bills. We'll be right back. Has quarantine got you aching for an industry conference? Event Next is the hottest networking event of 2021. For all event planning professionals, join us to learn from industry leaders, build your knowledge base, and profit from new event trends in both the virtual and hybrid worlds. Discover how to design innovative events and conferences that will help you grow your brand and reach new clients. Learn how to create engaging digital experiences how to shift your focus from in-person to virtual or hybrid and deliver an engaging, interactive experience. At EventNext, planners, buyers, marketers, consultants, suppliers, vendors, and more will all come together for this epic one-day educational event for the event industry itself. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out your career in the events industry, you'll find priceless opportunities to learn from industry leaders. Build your knowledge and profit from new trends. Oh, and not to mention, two of your favorite co-hosts will be speaking on some of their favorite topics. So grab your tickets, and we'll see you there. Ooh, and welcome back to everyone's favorite part of our little podcast adventure. What I dream about every night. Um, The only thing I think about anymore, and that is finding out people's biggest regrets. Because we say plural for one reason. Because we all have a few. So, Corey, give it to us. What is your biggest regret? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> I was thinking about that. And I think it's that um, I was uh, I was enamored with the glitz and the glam of, you know, we we're talking about the rock and roll stuff. And I think... I would have gotten out of that and straight into corporate theater a lot sooner. Yeah. I think that's what I regret because, you know, I was just telling a colleague of mine at the last show I did, which was, you know, <clears throat> about a year ago because of <laughs> COVID um, that, you know, rock and roll is so easy. I mean, the, the, the pre-production is tough because you're dealing with the talent and stuff like that. But, you know, once they're on stage, it's a 75 minute set and you're done. Right. And then load out. But corporate theater, man, all the cues, everything you have to hit and different videos you have to roll. And it's so much more heavy lifting. And um, I think my biggest regret is that I actually looked down on corporate theater uh, when I was younger because I was was in the rock and roll. Um, I would have I would have made that switch a lot earlier. I think I should have done it years before I actually did. That's probably my biggest regret. Is there anything that you missed that? now looking back on it that you're like oh or or vice versa is there anything that you did that you were like i really should have gotten out before that yeah yeah i went to work i 
I thought I needed a lot more nuts and bolts production under my belt because uh, after working for uh, an experiential marketing agency, a lot of that production is just, you know, you're, you're calling. It's more of account management and overall producing versus production. So I went to work for a production company out of Chicago and I learned a lot, but I stayed too long and it ended badly. Mm. Um, my fault, their fault. I, you know, it was just, you know how it goes, but I did learn a lot. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's one of them. Mm. So going from corporate events, I'm sorry, going from rock and roll experiential marketing events to corporate theater events, did you gain or lose all black outfits? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I can say this. Like the worst punk show you'll ever go to when you like... We're walking in the smoking dock of any building. It's all everyone in all blacks. I had a whole drawer full of upstaging shirts. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know that what should, I'm talking that about. Be the question we asked. Not what's your biggest regret. How many what pairs of black do you have? That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh my For god. For sure. Well, Corey, it has uh, been so good to have you here with us, and we so appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your deepest, darkest regrets with us. Uh, but give us some places where we can find you. What's going on? What are you doing next? Give us give us all the deets on how people can get in touch with you and where you are, what you're doing next. What's up? Um, I guess I'm like everybody else, you know, everything's been put on hold, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I've done some virtual events, uh, but you know, as, as live road dogs, you know, we just, I said it to the, to someone the other day, you know, that, that I've been home so long. I haven't, I didn't fly at all last year, which is really weird. I said, it's like putting a, you know, a wild timber wolf into a dog cage for a year. (laughs) I just, I, I, I used to call it, um, happy feet. You know, because I'd be at home for long enough and I go, I just got happy feet. I got to get out of here. You know, I just got to get on a plane and go somewhere. Um, But, you know, I'm out there uh, slugging away, just trying to find something. And, you know, once our business comes back, all of us are going to prosper. We're all going to do great. Um, I'm in uh, I moved from Orlando to Atlanta. So we're in the Atlanta metro area. Um, And it was funny because we moved here December of 2019. And I just started networking. I just started networking, oh, yeah, calling, and I had a couple meetings and you know a couple coffees, and then boom, COVID. Everything just yeah. On March third, you were having coffee with your wife, and you're like, "I'm so happy we moved here. The doors are opening." Yeah, it was great. It was like, yeah, you know, there's all these agencies. I know all these people who work here. You know, I know people at, you know, at the big companies here, the Coke, Home Depot, blah 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 blah. blah. You know, you know, it's like this is going to be great, and it did. It started out. It started out great started out great where I was meeting people and I, and I was um, doing work for my former agency. They hired me to do some pop-up stuff and, and everything was starting to work. And I had seven shows in the queue, just like everybody else. Right. You're like, it's going to be a great year. And it all went away. But, you know, I think this year is going to be awesome. I heard probably third quarter. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Optimistically, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that you are correct. I'm hoping third quarter. I want second quarter, but I don't think we'll get that. I think we're going to have a real major push on social events. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, corporate think... comes back sometime after. Yeah, corporate will come after the social, for sure. 
I think a lot of our corporate planners, corporate theater people are going to be doing some wild MF in holiday parties. Like, that is my guess, is we're going to be doing holiday parties with, like, (laughs) extreme rigging, like, lights everywhere, like, suspended, like, all of, like, that Gatsby of the 2021 and... That's what I'm going for. That's what I'm putting out to the universe. Um, I don't watch Oprah, but one time she was an advertisement on a YouTube clip that I was watching, and she said to put it out in the universe. So that's what we're going to do. And so with any luck, that will be true. But until then, Mr. Corey, if someone wanted to get in touch with you to talk more about the Arctic Circle and how they can get to doing Russian ice sculpting or something crazy like that in on a on an event uh where could where could you be found to be uh contacted um well i'm on linkedin uh just like everyone else um you can hit me up on linkedin um i don't know can i get my email out if you'd like to okay it's uh my first name last name at gmail.com Corey troyer at gmail.com Awesome. And we will put those links down below for you to Corey's bio uh, and his profile so that he can be found and contacted because who doesn't want more friends in this pandemic? Absolutely. Well, again, Corey, thank you so much for being part of this awesome little project that we've got going on. I cannot wait to find my next opportunity to uh, use a alligator wrestler somewhere in my career because uh now i feel like i need to step it up a little bit um we've really enjoyed having you here some great stories and uh we look forward to having you back again soon to hear the rest of the saga of stories that i'm sure you have uh in your in your back pocket for us so thank you so much for joining us today Thank you, and I can't wait to piss off some alligators and call you about it. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it, Thomas. Thank you, guys. It's been a blast. Thank you. As always, this has been your host, Thomas Whalen and Stephanie Jaco, CSEP. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to send us photos of anything. If any of those things, just really follow us, get involved. You have the story. Like, subscribe, and comment. Arrivederci.